your boy Q joins us from uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. First of all, Q, let us say this, and it, with all sincerity, we are so excited to see what's going on in your career. Heard you this week uh, filling in on the Barton Hahn Show. Uh, terrific work. Congratulations, buddy. We're, we're excited for you. Hey, man, thank you, and I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been a heck of a ride, man. It's been less than a year since I've been out of Central Texas, and, and it's just been wild. You know, there's just so many things going on, and this city here in Las Vegas is blowing up, and I guess if you're in the right place at the right time and you're talking at the right time, good things happen. So it's been fantastic. It's been fun, but I do appreciate you, and I don't forget my roots ever. Hey, what was what was it like last night to be in that city with the draft going on? What, what was the What was the buzz? What was the atmosphere like? Oh, uh, it's so electric, and it's been electric all week. You know, it's not just last night, and even though that's what everyone sees, but it's been everything that's been going on from the construction of the Bellagio Fountain. I mean, you have a stage floating on a fountain. You know what I mean? It's like there's all kind of things going on where, you know, they're blocking off Las Vegas Boulevard. They changed the name to Draft Boulevard. I mean, it's just such a huge buzz. You know, the owner of the Raiders, Mark Davis, is down on Las Vegas Boulevard meeting and greeting with fans that are coming into town. I mean, it's just... It's crazy. The Las Vegas light, the Welcome to Las Vegas sign was changed to silver and black colors. So it's just there's so much buzz and there's so much glitz and glamour when it comes to Las Vegas. So everything they do has to be just massive, and that's just what it's been. But seeing all those fans out there just gathered around to get excited about whoever their team is going to select, it was it was an amazing thing to see. And so, uh, yeah, the city does it like no other. And, and that was just day one. So I can only imagine what tonight's going to be like when there's no school tomorrow. There's no work tomorrow for a lot of people. And then Saturday as well when they can bring a lot of the family out and just enjoy it. Uh, this is a heck of an event. I would not be surprised to see the, the draft back here in, in a few years or so. Q, you're a draft junkie and cover it as good as anybody else in the country. Who was the big winner in yesterday's draft in your mind? Man, I'll tell you right now, it's very rare that I would say this, but the New York J-E-T-S Jets, man, they did a really, really good job. Now, look, they got to put it together. We know that they're picking uh, at the top of the draft all the time for a reason, right, because they're not very good. But the guys that they were able to bring in, Sauce Gardner was, by the way, I tell you, DBs win games. That was my favorite defensive back. I thought the Texans messed up by taking Stingley a, a pick before Sauce Gardner, but uh, that's a that's a young man with confidence. That's a young man that can go out there and play that that corner role, and he's going to really thrive in New York. So I thought the Jets did well getting him early, and then they got a wide receiver out of Ohio State, Garrett Wilson. Thought that that was a really good pick. I, I feel like that, that team did well. And oh, by the way. Uh, and this is something we can get to at some point. Uh, they also do, uh, tripled down at the end of the round one and got Jermaine Johnson the second, the edge rusher out of Florida State. A guy I thought the Cowboys should have got 24. But that's another conversation. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it's just they really got some quality players in the first round. And so uh, they've got to put the ingredients together, but they do have them now. I, I say it all the time. I can go to the store and pick out the ingredients, but I don't know how to cook them. So if the guys in the, in the kitchen don't know how to cook them, then it's not going to matter. But they do have the right ingredients for sure. I'm going to have to, like, speak with my heart. I don't like your opinion on Stingley. I feel that's offensive, in my opinion. But, you know, just saying. But uh, let's get to this. So the Ravens get rid of Hollywood Brown. Why would you take away Lamar Jackson's number one receiver? I don't understand. He's great. If you're Arizona, you're getting a hell of a player. But what? Go talk about that move a little bit for me. Yeah, that was that was one of those that kind of made me scratch my head, right? You know, I mean, seeing two veteran wide receivers moved on, on Thursday night and, and Hollywood Brown being one of them, I just think, honestly, even though he does have a great skill set and he has speed, which you can't teach, 
I just think that maybe he doesn't do enough. You know, maybe they just didn't like the way that he, he was developing as an all-around player in the league. And look, look at the, the contracts they're rolling out there for wide receivers right now. They probably just said, hey, we're going to have to pay this guy pretty soon. And is it really, is the product really worth what we're going to have to pay this dude? And it's so funny. I mean, obviously, I'm here covering the Raiders. They really kind of changed the game when it came to the wide receiver, right? They went and made the move for Devontae Adams, gave him a boatload of money, and then look at the domino effect. You saw what happened with Tyreek Hill. Now you see, you know, uh, A.J. Brown get traded last night for the Tennessee Titans, and the Eagles give him a fat contract immediately afterwards. And all these different guys are getting paid, and really the domino started with the Raiders. I don't think they meant to do that. I think they just meant to get a really good player, but uh, they can ch- change the landscape of what the wide receiver position looks like. So, you saw a run on them, what, six wide receivers were drafted mm-hmm. between eight and and uh, and 18 last night. I mean, there's just – I'm telling you, man, the game is changing. And, and like I said, I think the Raiders had a little something to do with it, but they didn't do it on purpose. Q, you, you mentioned the 24th pick. Cowboys go with Tyler Smith. They needed a uh, offensive lineman. They went and got Tyler Smith out of Tulsa. Your thoughts on the player, Tyler Smith? I, I like the player. I really do, but I didn't think he was a, a first-round guy. I didn't think he was the number 24 overall guy. And, and what the biggest issue for me is, uh, again, I, I like the fact that Jermaine Johnson II was available there for the Cowboys at 24. They lost Randy Gregory, so I thought that that could have been an immediate upgrade to what they have on that defensive line, but they did go with the offensive line, but okay, that works out for the Cowboys. The problem with Tyler Smith, he gets penalties all the time, and they just got rid of Connor Williams, who, by the way, was a penalty machine. This guy, like, led college football in penalties last season, so that's my big problem with Tyler Smith. I think he's a good player, but he's got to be more disciplined, and, well, we know that everyone's disciplined when they're a Cowboy, right? So, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, like, that's my big issue. It's like, man, they really could have gone with Jermaine Johnson and got the best player available, in my opinion, and, uh, you know, instead they went with the offensive lineman. It's a a safe pick, but uh, we'll see how it works out with those penalties. Hopefully he's able to clean it up on the next level. Q, do you think Brad Holmes, the GM of the Lions, almost choked on himself when uh, Hutchinson fell to number two to him? Yeah, I really do. I mean, what a gift, right? And and I think that Hutchinson is such a really good player. And, you know, I look at Trayvon Walker, and I like him a lot out of uh, out of Georgia. But, I mean, his production just wasn't there for, for me. You know, I mean, I just – I didn't see – he had, what, nine total sacks in his career? Not a season, in his career, you know? So I just kind of feel like that the Jaguars – uh, they kind of fell in love with, with his athleticism and what they showed at the Combine. And, of course, he was on that Georgia defense that was fantastic. So, uh, they kept, you know, we kept hearing all the rumors that Walker's going to go first. And I literally was standing at the draft like, there, there's no way the Jaguars are going to make this bad decision, right, and, uh, and, and pick Walker. And, like, it's probably not a bad decision. It's just I think it could have been a better decision. I think Hutchinson would be the better player. But, hey, man, a guy from Michigan is right there in Detroit now. I mean, it doesn't really get any much much better than that. He's excited to be there. He wants to help turn the franchise around, which everyone's going to say that. We'll see what happens. But I think that the Lions did some, did some good things as well on, uh, on Thursday night. As we're heading into day two now, do you expect to see the, the, the trend continue with the runs and, and moving up like we've seen yesterday? And who are some of the top players you have your eye on uh, as we head into day two? I'll tell you, man, I mean, all those trades that they had, what do we have, nine trades from yeah. day one? Like, are you kidding me? And then plus a couple of veterans, uh, you know, being on the move. And it's funny because the veterans that were on the move weren't the ones that we thought were going to be on the move, right? You know, we thought maybe Jimmy G gets traded, maybe Baker Mayfield gets traded, maybe Devo Samuel. No, none of those guys, just A.J. Brown and Marquise Hollywood Brown. So that was funny. But, yeah, all those trades, I, I, it just kind of blew my mind that there was that many of them on day one. I just thought that, man. This is kind of like the wild, wild west, but it was fun. It was exciting. It kind of kept you on the on the edge of your seat. But 
I think that the Kobe Dean out of Georgia has got to be probably the best guy. Biggest surprise that he's still there uh, for day two. Um, Malik Willis, he, he really – that's one of those guys, the, the quarterback out of Liberty, I'm surprised that he's still there. Not because he's going to be some big-time franchise quarterback, but we know how bad teams need quarterbacks. And so I thought that at least two quarterbacks were going to go in round one, and instead only one, Kenny Pickett. I think he's just good. I don't think he's going to be great. I think you've seen who he's going to be. Uh, he can drive the car, but is he going to drive the car with speed and precision? That's, that's another question, you know, but he can drive the car. So we'll see what happens there. But I like Malik Willis. I like uh, N'Kobe Dean. I'm interested to see where they go. I'm really surprised that the Panthers didn't go and, and pull the trigger on the quarterback. Uh, I don't know what Matt Rule's doing in year three. We all know very well that Matt Rule's a three-year guy. His third year is always the best year. I don't, I don't see that happening in Carolina. They've got to really make some quick decisions. Maybe Baker Mayfield's going to be the quarterback there. Maybe they're going to make a move for him after the draft. I don't know. But they've got to figure out who the trigger man is going to be there in Carolina or Matt Rule's not going to have a, a great long run there in, uh, with the Panthers. I, we all know that the, the Cowboys are your favorite team in the uh, in the NFL. <laughs> you're picking you're picking at 24 uh, in the second round. Are are you sticking with O lineman? Are you are you trying to find a, a, an edge rusher? What what are you looking for in the second round if you're uh, the Jones family? You know, I think that I mean at that position, you're you really should stick to the whole best player available type of scenario that Ward's very familiar with. That's what he's been kind of the table for uh, for the longest. But uh, if, if in that case, you know, edge rusher is a pretty deep part of this uh, this draft class. You know, I don't think there's some elite guy that's going to be there for the Cowboys at that point, but they can get a really good guy. And I, I just think that they need to add some more uh, competition at that edge spot since they did lose Randy Gregory to Denver. Uh, so that, that would make a lot of sense for me. Uh, but, again, there's there's some good talent. You know, I mean, there's there's corners, and I know that corners not really a need for the Cowboys, but you can never have enough corners in the league. There's some really good ones that are going to be available. There's a few linebackers that are going to be available. I mean, I, I don't think you can really go wrong with edge rushers. I don't think you can really go wrong with defense in general. And, of course, the offensive line, you got to protect Dak. You protect Dak, you'll be okay. Uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. But uh, I, I think it's going to be an exciting day, too, for sure. Q, did the Aaron Rodgers saga just get a little more juicy? <laughs> Man, what are they doing? I don't know. Why do, they, why do they almost seem like they hate that guy, right? I mean, they <laughs> don't, obviously, because they gave him all that money. But, I mean, you have an opportunity to go get a playmaker for your $50 million a year quarterback, and, and you just don't. I, I have no idea what the what the Packers were doing. It just it just didn't feel right. You know, I'm just thinking, you know, like, Devontae Wyatt is a really good player. Don't get me wrong. And get another one of those Georgia guys, but – that's what you think? I mean, they just, for some reason, man, they just don't want to get that first-round wide receiver, that first-round playmaker for Aaron Rodgers, and, and you have multiple players. I mean, they went two Georgia guys, you know, Quay Walker, uh, the linebacker, and then also, you know, the defensive tackle I'll talk about. It's just, it, it kind of blows my mind. Now, look, you can get uh, another wide receiver a little bit later. It's a deep draft for wide receivers. Just how good are they going to be? You know, I mean, that's just what it's going to boil down to. Are they going to be a big-time playmaker that Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to gel with immediately? They're not trying to build something. You know, you're trying to win. You don't give Aaron Rodgers $50 million if you're just trying to, you know, build the team up for the future. No, you're trying to win right now. So, uh, I, I didn't really like what the Green Bay Packers did. I kind of thought that they were one of the losers from day one. What does it say about the Big 12? You have no players go in the first round. Uh, it's a bad look, in my opinion. And you see people all the time, like players, they want to go to the SEC because you get drafted and you don't want to go to the Big 12. Well, I think last night was a, a prime example of why players consider that. And then on top of that, where do you see Jalen Petrie going today if he goes? You know, it's funny. Uh, I'll talk about Jalen Petrie first because I was, on, uh, I was on Las Vegas Boulevard on Wednesday and I was talking to a bunch of the NFL network analysts, talking to the players that are in the green room and – 
Uh, it was funny, Charles Davis, he actually pointed out Jalen Petrie out of nowhere. I never mentioned anything about Petrie, and all of a sudden he just brought him up, and he said, you know what, that's one of the guys that you need to watch out for. We're not talking enough about Jalen Petrie. He said, anytime I get a Baylor game, I watch Petrie, and I knew where the ball was going because he was always around the ball. It's like my, he said, my, my mission was always watch Jalen, watch Jalen, watch Jalen, and I know exactly what's going to happen. He said, I love that kid. He's going to be a really good player. He, can see, he, he talked to him and compared to him uh, like the, the Honey Badger, which has been a comparison mm-hmm. that a lot of people have had for him. Uh, I think he's going to go today, uh, day two, obviously, but uh, early. I think he's going to be a second-round pick. Uh, I thought there was a chance that maybe he was going to slide into the end of the first round, but when you saw some of the talent start dropping, you realize, okay, this is a pretty deep draft. Do, do you guys realize there's like a 1,000 guys in this draft? I mean, that's, wow. that's, there's yeah, there's so many guys because, you know, the COVID year. So, so many guys went back. So, there's a lot of talent. I'll tell you one thing. There's going to be a lot of undrafted free agents that are going to be talented guys, and and I know that the Big 12 hasn't had that representation yet. Uh, I think that that's a little bit kind of overblown at times because they still have that, well, the Big 12 doesn't play defense, and, well, the guys from the Big 12 don't really run routes. You know, I just, they still kind of have that narrative over their head, uh, and I don't think that that's, that's necessarily fair, but it's just kind of what's there. So, um, you know, it, it is what it is. I think that with the NFL, the way that it's evolving, it's, it's basically spread it out and, you know, throw it around the yard anyway, similar to what the Big 12 is doing. So I, I think that the Big 12 gets a bad rap, and, you know, I've got to represent for the Big 12 anyway since I've uh, spent all that time there with you guys covering the Big 12. So, you know, I've got to show them some love. But, yeah, there's a lot of people talking about Petrie and the fact that Baylor has so many guys available. It's going to be like, like seven guys in the draft? Yeah. I mean, there's, a, there's some guys that are going to go. You know, Baylor's going to get some nice representation uh, probably today tomorrow, and obviously tomorrow, and then they'll probably get a couple undrafted free agents. I'm interested in Petrie and J.T. Woods, the two, the two safeties. Those are the guys I want to see where they go. Petrie, I think, goes early today, and Woods probably goes on Saturday. You were up against it, but when you were talking about that, the, the number of players that are in the draft this year, do you see a scenario where th- some of those guys who are undrafted end up finding their way to the USFL at all? You know, they, they probably could. Yeah, they, they probably will, you know, just if, if they don't have any other options. You know, I, I think that with uh, training camp around the corner and everything, I think that they're going to sign a, a bunch of unrestricted free agent, un- undrafted free agent uh, contracts, and then give it give it a shot, you know. And if they fall out of that and they don't have any other options, then you have the USFL. But I think the USFL is going to have more guys that just didn't make it in the league already, guys that washed out and are trying to find their way back more than the guys that just dropped out of the NFL of uh, this draft because they didn't get signed. 